Bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma in violence-riddled neighborhoods. I am from Hard Knocks and Elementary, from Choke Sandwiches and Butter Cookies. I am from the streets of desperation, surviving, striving for success and greatness. I am from collard greens, dripping juice and hot sauce. I'm from grill food and car games, from Evans and Griffo, from we give in and we don't give up. I'm from I might be down, but I ain't dead. I'm from Cook County, a place called Ida B. Wells, caramel cake, sweet potato pie. From the briefcase, sharp suits and dog pads, Uncle Jack, slickers of the mall, song and a dance, Sandy Mae Griffo, from 6231, way back to a place called The Project. There isn't a lot of us, but our strong love bonds us all. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Complicated Narrative. The piece you just heard was from a fellow Contextos alum, Tug. And here with us today, we also have Eugene and Dimitri, who is a Contextos facilitator. And today you have me, Ty spelled T-A-T. And I want to ask Eugene, an alumni, a couple of questions. So how does it feel to be alumni and how was the process? Alumni of which one? You want Contextos? Contextos as a whole. Oh, Contextos as a whole? Uh, I love it. Cause like when I first, I remember when like contestants came, like they was introduced to us in the Amon space. Like I wasn't on, uh, I wasn't open to it, you know. Like I was on uh, adverse to writing, even really participating, you know. I was trying to observe like who Lisa was and even even Johnny, you know, see what the vibe was like for them. Just try to pinpoint they on. Uh, like real reason for being there, real reason for wanting our story, you know? So it was like a growth process because I think the reason I did start buying into that whole situation more was because the guys around me, you know? I started seeing them open up and them engaging in it, you know? And I know like some of the guys, a lot of the guys that was in my in my court, I know they wouldn't have easily did it, you know? So I started giving them a chance. And I ain't gonna lie, like to this day, it's probably one of the best things I done done even outside the author circle, like them people, Johnny, uh, either any one of them, at least anybody, I can reach out to them for damn near anything, you know, and they gonna try to help us with resources and things like that. So it's definitely appreciated, you know. Eugene, it's funny that you mentioned that you were reluctant at first. You know, we, we hear authors say that sometimes too. Um, but from my perspective, like I've only known you since I think right, I probably met you like right after you published the first time. Um, so like the, I guess the version of you that I've met, right. Is like hyper engaged when I see you on the long call, like, you know, you, you stepped in and a leader in that way. So it's interesting to hear you, you know, reflect on, on how that process started, uh, and that it wasn't always that way. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how I am in life though. Like, I don't, I don't know, bro. I just, like you say, how you, man, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I can meet a person, or meet a group of people and we can just hit it off, but. For the majority of my life, for the people I hold close, I started off not liking them more. I started off being a closed person, you know? Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was awesome. So, Eugene, what year did you publish with Contextos? I published in 2000. 
2020, I believe. It was 2020. 2020? When you first no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, this year's been so messed up. And it's hard to tell this year. <laughs> this yeah, year's like five years long. <laughs> 2019, I'm sorry. Okay, so how has the Arthur Circle changed pre-COVID versus during COVID? What differences have you seen? Pre-COVID versus during COVID, well, you know, in 2019, like we still had the space. So like cohort, we still sharing one space as far as that month. So y'all all in one room, like you got that energy around you, of course it's better. But now it's graduating, and the COVID situation happening, it's like, it's distant. But you know what I respect about, about the Iman, like about the Arthur Circle, like it got smaller, because of course, like everybody want to invest the time in it. But mm-hmm. it's more, I don't know how I say it, like I, I leave with more, you get what I'm saying? Like it's more strong. Oh. It's like, it's like we holding on to it, because the people that is investing their time in it, it's like, we doing it, because we, you know, like we really care about it, or really interested in it. So, strong in a sense. Mm. Just too. So the bond with everybody in the group has grown, you would say? Yeah, strong, strong. Dimitri, tell us a little bit more about the alumni programs. Sure, yeah. Um, Sina, at Contexas, it's not just, you know, you write something and you publish something and that's it. Especially this, I think this week you've been talking to some alum, current, uh, sorry, current authors. Uh, and talking about that transition from, you know, being an author in author circle to after you publish that transition to becoming a Contextos alum is kind of the start of a, it's kind of the start of a different kind of relationship. Right. Uh, and so in, in kind of the same way that, you know, Eugene just said, if, um, so for example, you know, since COVID we've been meeting online and yeah, of course, um, you know, people are busy and it's hard to get times that line up, especially when you don't have to get up and go somewhere um, you know, it, it can be tricky to get everybody on the same page. Um, but, you know, really, uh, we do have a lot of alum that, that, you know, after we form those relationships, it's not just like, oh, you wrote a book and now you're gone, or we helped you publish a book and now, now we're gone. Uh, you know, Lisa likes to say we come back like morning breath. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we do have some, we've had programs to stay connected to our alumni. And so we had supper club where we're meeting once a month, um, just to eat, uh, you know, kind of fellowship together, talk, catch up um, with alumni in, in community. Um, so some of the guys from like Iman, for example, and then in county for our alumni, um, we had a uh, program called Salon where we had authors and guest speakers come in uh, for conversations with um, our alum in county. And actually right now we're working on a program with the Chicago Public Library called Bedtime Stories. And so our alum who have published in county uh, are recording uh, bedtime stories or reading books uh, to their their loved ones or, or little ones um, who are out in the world. Um, so we do we do try to stay engaged uh, even after publication. Because that's just the beginning. You know, we all got a lot of, a lot of stories to tell and our, our alumni have a lot of stories to tell after that first initial publication, too. So, Jean, do you mind telling the people, even telling me, you know, about your piece, uh, Letter to Keys? Really? Um, yeah, I wrote, actually, like, it was the day of, we had to have our finished pieces in. I still didn't have it written. <laughs> I wrote, like, 20 stories, man. They weren't feeling right. I had writer's block. So then, in, like, the last hour, I think Johnny told me, like, man, you probably 
You got an hour left, man. I, I could get it in for you because I thought it was there. It was, it was done already. So I was just like, man, you know what? I got a cousin that's incarcerated, you know, that we close, been close since childhood, you know? And so uh, I'm like, man, let me just, you know, write to him, but uh, not about him, but just to him in a sense, you know, because he's still alive, he's still here. I don't think I ever told him, like, how much I appreciate him, you know, to this day. So the gist of it was just letting my cousin know, you know, basically like the admiration I had for him, for him when I was younger. And, you know, the things I took from him, even though like he might be seen in a negative light by others, I was able to, you know, take things from it and try to apply it in the positive aspect of my life, you know? Because right now he, he incarcerated for, you know, some of the multitude of people look at him, look down on him for, you know, as being wrong, but just my having a negative light, you know? But I'm just saying, I seen, I knew my family situation and, you know, so I knew his intention trying to help us and get us back. So I'm just saying, I've seen the dedication and things like that. And I apply it in my life every day. I try to at least. Yeah, I hadn't heard that that story about how it, how the story, how that piece came together. I didn't realize that that was like right up at the, <laughs> at the deadline. It was crush time. <laughs> um, man, I mean, it, it, it's a piece that we use in other author circles because I think one of the things that you do well in it, um, like you mentioned, I think even just in, in describe, even just how you just summarize it now, like you said, there's, you know, there are things that some other people might look down at, um, but you and your relationship with him, right? Like, you know, all the positives that came out of that situation. And that's what the story is about. It's not a story about all the, the negatives that are involved in the story. It's a story about all the positives that come out of it. Uh, yeah. and it's really, really well done too. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank Congratulations. You for that. Thank you for that. So, Eugene, we're going to take a little turn and ask you a question. Um, what hopes do you have for your community in Chicago coming out of this difficult year? That's a hard question, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to talk together because I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say because I feel like COVID, like, don't get me wrong, like, COVID make life difficult, you know? We don't lose people to that, but I feel like it's been an epidemic like way before COVID, you know? Like it's been a dire situation in the city way before COVID. So I guess like my hope don't ever change, you know, as far as uh, me wanting to see people thrive out here in a more positive way and like live, especially like the younger crowd, the younger guys, you know, to see more peacefulness in my city. Like that don't never change, you know? Hmm. That don't never change. What are some things that you gained because of COVID? You know what? Like, I guess like, I started my year off in, uh, in Stateville. Like, I was locked up. So that's why I first, I really didn't know about COVID. You know, I was locked up like in January. And so I was in NRC. I didn't know what COVID was. We, they just started passing the paper around. Um, people around letting us know it's a virus that's going around and the measures that they was going to take to protect us and, you know, ensure our safety. I ain't know to see it. I really not, I didn't know to see it, sir. Seriousness, uh, We was just hearing it. But, uh, I started, like, when I seen it from that side, though, I don't know, like, I don't want to get off topic, but in that situation, it's just like, damn, I felt vulnerable, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm all, like, I'm in jail. The message that they saying they was gonna take, they weren't really taking it, you know? Mm. Like vulnerable, you know, you got people coming in and out. 
medical attention not really there, you know. The attention for an individual, it ain't enough attention for an individual. So many of us in that, you know, you want to sell 24 hours a day. So, yeah, I just felt real vulnerable, you know. I felt it got to a point where I'm like, because you had gas, you went NRC, you either that to get, because you got sentenced and you getting shipped to a new place, or you got parole violators, which that's what I was. So they waiting to see the board to see if they going to get reinstated to be re-released back on the streets or if they gonna be sentenced to you know get shipped as well. I got reinstated. It was a number of us who got reinstated. Do you know it was people who was reinstated but still still sitting in Stateville for like months. Wow. You know? and, and, and that's because you had other guys who was sentenced to like boot camp. So you go to boot camp, you do four more four months and you come home. But you had guys in there who was sitting for three months, haven't been shipped. You know what I'm saying? Normally they would have been out within 30 to 60 days. So I just felt vulnerable because it's like, damn, you telling us a virus stopping this. I don't know when I'm getting out. I don't know when I'm going home. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I felt vulnerable. So when I came home, it was just, me to put more of an emphasis on my life as far as security, you know? Like, I got to watch these decisions I'm making, situations that I get myself in even more nowadays because I make the wrong choice, then I'm giving up my lack of security, you know? I'm opening myself up for another person, you know? Dictating my life and shit like that, so. Excuse my language, but security just made me focus on security and securing myself more, you know? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a lot of insight that I think, you know, I had no idea about. You know, I'd, I'd heard about in terms of, like, county, what it was like, but um, that's, I can imagine how vulnerable that feels, like, because... You know, there's already so much control that you don't have, right? And then there's yeah. this thing where you're like, shoot, guards can't control that either. Like, <laughs> you know, they yeah. control so much. But this is something like nobody in any part of the equation has control over. I, I remember guys, not to cut you off, I remember guys and bro, like we were sitting in there, like, man, man, bro, we could probably take the keys and, you know, open one door. But it's crazy, like, you got to think like that, man. But, you know, this pandemic and, like, just think about all the other possibilities of like chaos that could happen in the world. Them would be the ones that'll be left behind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So you gotta have some type of yeah. Yeah. Um, so Eugene, I'm wondering what you're up to now. Um, have you maintained a relationship with Iman? I know that you know you guys had graduation over there, you're taking classes. Um, what are you up to these days? Um, I'm still with Iman. Right now we working. They are uh, on the fresh market project. They built on the fresh market in like the 63rd neighborhood. I just put more on of emphasis on the community getting having a better access to proper food, you know, leads to better nutrition, better health. And so they employing a lot of well, some of us from the alum now to work with they with them and a uh, construction company called Ujama. So it's like to further our training give us work site training and it's, okay. you know, wait for us to take care of ourselves, you know, the right way. Right. So doing that. And I'm in a welding program, try to get another skill with welding, training welding. Okay. On the weekends, Friday through Saturday through Sunday. Man, you're working, working. Uh, okay. That's good. That's that uh, Go Green on Racine. Is that the project they're working on? Yeah. Uh, like Racine 63rd around there? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's dope. Eugene, is there anything else that you want to hit? Anything else you want to say? Shout outs you want to give before we, we sign off? 
I mean, I just thank y'all, man. Thank Texto. I thank Mon for having, you know, introducing us and making sure they had that relation, relationship. Because y'all was, I mean, we done met a lot of people, bro. And uh, shit, we done had people come to the graduation and speak on things and make promises, you know, that I ain't seen no fruition from. Not to take no shots or nothing, you know? Right, right, right. That's what it is. Textos, we could text those like, bro, y'all do all y'all can, you know what I'm saying? So. Like I said, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate like, the genuineness and all y'all you know, we need that out here. So it ain't all about what you can get, but it's just like knowing you got people there. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Eugene, for joining us. Um, you guys be sure to come back next time for another wonderful Arthur like Eugene. It's been Mariah, no caring. It's been Tot, spelled T-A-T, and we're out. hey thanks for listening to the complicating the narrative podcast we hope you like this episode you can hear more episodes on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and your favorite streaming services complicating the narrative is brought to you by contextos contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing and reflection and to foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke change 